This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, Nasdaq closes a $10.5 billion Adenza deal alongside a slew of excellent parish results. Amid contrasting tales of short selling, there's hashtag zero shock as SBF is found guilty. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, Episode 219. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. In the end, the SBF testimony amounted to not a lot other than what we expected. It was anything but his fault, said the guilt-free one, while we await sentencing next March. A sting in the tail was the many mainstream media columns wondering was SBF alone on trial or was it crypto too? If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day in Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage, the daily update on happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, then you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. Over in the world of legacy exchanges, the London Stock Exchange, clearly on a quiet week, trumpeted the fact that the London Stock Exchange CEO received the City of London Freedom. At first glance, a lovely heartwarming story, but from another perspective, a splendid example of the endemic shift and drift of LSE and the wider group away from the City of London to a sort of data-driven existential limbo distanced from markets. If I had been CEO of LSE for years and only now I received freedom of the city, I think I would be deeply embarrassed. It demonstrates a total disregard for city tradition, a great example herein of the cluelessness of the management and the blithe incapability of the agate-prop machine masquerading as an LSEG PR operation. Compare and contrast that supposedly heartwarming story, which is rather vapid, with the City AM headline, London Stock Exchange on track to lose 30 100 million plus firms this year. Over at Deutsche Börse, they're getting the optimism pills out. Deutsche Börse's new strategy, Horizon 2026, perceives continued double-digit revenue and profit growth. They've also instituted a share buyback program, the first in six years, 300 million euros, which will begin in Q1 2024. In Atlanta, ICE Intercontinental Exchange launched a service to help identify and monitor entities and securities subject to financial and economic sanctions programs. Meanwhile, Charles Schwab, one of the megabrokers, announced layoffs and a San Francisco office closure in the latest wave of Bay Area cuts. At the same time, Schwab have said they are not planning any more layoffs. China have vowed to go all out to highlight Hong Kong's role as a key link between the mainland and the rest of the world. And finally, in major exchange news this week, the TMX Group launched a new Canadian trading platform, AlphaX, 
and Alpha DRK, which provide democratized speed and improved performance. It was a frantic week for results in the parish. All the details were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. MSCI saw net income up 19.9%. Thomson Reuters operating profit up 11%. Dubai financial markets a staggering 109% profit rise for the first nine months of 2023. Intercontinental Exchange, they had another record quarter with net revenues up 11%. Results from S&P Global, Bursa Kuwait, Bursa Malaysia, Nigerian exchange groups SIBO, IEX, NSE India and Daris Salam SE were amongst many other results reported this week in Exchange Invest, the daily bulletin of the boursebusiness.com. More details at exchangeinvest.com. In new markets this week, Africa's first locally developed green assets exchanges has launched. In deals, not such a busy week, but one mega piece of news. Hearty congratulations to Adina Friedman and team on the completion of the acquisition of Adenza for $10.5 billion. If you're trying to get your head around the current vogue for $10.5 billion deals, for instance, you probably want to read a copy of my latest book. Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream. Tuesday, 6 o'clock London time, 1 o'clock New York time, it's the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. The most recent show, episode 124, saw Lucas Schmedis, the boss of Ice index discussing winter is coming our forthcoming next show we're going to have on tuesday that's going to be with the man who runs isis operations in europe chris rhodes he's going to be coming to us from the london ice house meanwhile our book of the week this week is somewhat older than the average in fact it's the world's first financial best-selling book Confusion de Confusionis by Joseph de la Vega is the oldest book ever written on the stock exchange business. It was first published in 1688, yet retains a vast quantity of timeless advice relevant to the investor of today, with many wonderful vignettes that are remarkably akin to modern investor types. Our book of the week is out every Saturday in our free Exchange Invest weekend edition. You can sign up for that for free at exchangeinvest.com. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. Product news this week. EEX, they've launched additional maturities for natural gas derivatives trading. In fact, that reminds me of something that made my jaw drop on last week's IPO vid. Lucas Schmedes noting that not only is TTF, the facility for balancing gas markets in Holland, the benchmark for European gas, it also happens to be the single largest euro-denominated contract for any commodity in the world. In fact, I'd say it's the largest euro-denominated contract, apart from Euribor, the Bund, and, and a couple of stock indices. At the same time, the shocking news is that, and this is wonderful for the parish of gas, TTF now has open interest stretching out nine years. 
hoping to stretch liquidity out nine years, are Eurex there relaunching their Euribor derivatives segment. Interesting settlement deal this week. The Bursa Malaysia and the Dalian Commodity Exchange, they've signed a licensing agreement for pricing the settlement of soybean oil futures in China. And then there was the case of short selling. The Philippines, they have debuted short selling during the past week for all parties after a 27-year wait. And at the same time, we've seen South Korea reimposing their stock short selling ban through June because they say they want to level the playing field until June 2024. Technology news this week, BMLL have been awarded ISO 27001 certification, which sets out the requirements for a comprehensive information security management system. At the same time, Exchange Data International and CTD Indices have partnered to provide proprietary indices. Regulation news this week, Wall Street, as the headline went in Bloomberg, gets more leeway to invest client margin under a CFTC plan. In career paths, the LME have confirmed that their interim chairman, John Williamson, will become the permanent chairman, effective immediately under a fixed-term contract that is new and runs until 28th of April 2026. Aquas, meanwhile, are hiring from within to replace their retiring Chief Operating Officer Jonathan Cleland. All the very best to the retiring COO Jonathan Cleland, who is set to depart next April. Congratulations to Chief Revenue Officer and Head of Aquas Markets David Stevens, who will replace John. Miami International Holdings have appointed Kelly Anakin as Chief Marketing Officer, and the Rockefeller Foundation have announced that... Laura Cha, the chairman of Hong Kong Exchanges, is joining the Rockefeller Foundation's Board of Trustees. Meanwhile, I want to give you a little fun fact in Big World before we end today. It's worth considering when you're looking for a good anecdotal way to explain why free markets matter and centrally planned communism doesn't quite cut the economic mustard of diverse economic growth. The total GDP of North Korea is expected to peak a little over $21 billion in 2023. The global market for K-pop right now is somewhere between $8 billion and $9 billion alone. In other words, K-pop amounts to more than one-third, significantly more than one-third, of the entire economy of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea to the north. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, my name is Patrick L. Young. I develop marketplaces the world over and build exchanges to whatever is required in the prevailing environment. And indeed also publish Exchange Invest, the daily bulletin of the bourse business. I wish you all a great week in life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only.
The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.